according to your needs and features unlimited phone calls and meetings for one monthly fee. Choose only the services you need and we will tailor them to fit your business. Call today to see how we can provide you with cost-effective solutions. Parker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue, Sheridan. Personal and business online banking, check. Online bill pay, check. Egg loans, equipment loans, revolving lines of credit, check, check, and check. Online mortgage applications and the lowest rates in the country, checkity, check. Banking on your time, anytime from your home and office, double check. The ability to do all these things and keep your banking local, huge check. All these checks are brought to you by the fine folks at First Northern Bank. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Check, check. Join Volunteers of America Thursday, April 13th at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds for their Empty Bowl fundraiser. This family-friendly event features gourmet soups donated and served by local restaurants, churches, and organizations. There will be music, children's games, and prizes. Tickets may be purchased in advance or at the door. Adults are $15, youth are $5, and kids under 5 are free. The Empty Bowl Fundraiser, 5 to 6.30 p.m., April 13th. Supported in part by your friends at Sheridan Media. Hi, this is Christy Kinghorn with Buffalo Realty, and let's talk about Nine to Smith Court. This lake resort oasis on 5.16 acres overlooks Lake DeSmith. The layout of this four-bedroom, three-bath home has a master bedroom suite with a walk-in closet and master bath, nice office and three more bedrooms and two more bathrooms. A large kitchen with an island separates the living room and the family room. Call me Christy Kinghorn at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Hi, this is Brad at Primary Motors, where we are looking to buy your clean used vehicles, tractors, ATVs, and much more. We will also down trade and do appraisals. Here at Primary Motors, we are a full service dealership offering quality used cars, trucks, and SUVs. Our super trailer store features a wide variety of stock, utility, and cargo trailers. Primary Motors has been making customers happy for decades. See us today at 2305 Coffee and Avenue in Sheridan or online at primarymotors.com. Did you know the Country Bounty is online at ShedaMedia.com? That's right. You always have access to the Country Bounty. The print version of the Bounty is still delivered to homes and businesses in Sheridan County and Buffalo, but you can also view it from your phone, tablet, or computer simply by going to ShedaMedia.com or CountryBounty.com. You'll be able to scroll through the entire publication. Click on inserts and more. Try it out. ShedaMedia.com or CountryBounty.com. It's in the palm of your hand. The Country Bounty. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. With me this morning is the Wyoming Highway Patrol Lieutenant, Eric Jorgensen. Good morning, LT. Morning, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm glad to see that the spring has finally sprung. Oh, <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. Even my dogs. My dogs have been hanging out in the backyard like the last two days. They don't even want to come in the house. Yep. They're like, this is so nice. <laughs> so We yeah. went to a, a flea market uh, this past weekend, and boy, was it crowded. Oh, Everyone yeah. just wants out of the house. 
Oh, the the cabin fever is alive and well, alive and well <laughs> amongst everyone. I think <laughs> we're sweating from it. The fever's so yeah. hot. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, how how are you personally enjoying the weather? I mean, it's got to be a relief. It has been a long winter. It has been a really long winter, and uh, what just so happens that so we're in the middle of our performance. Um, evaluation period for all of our employees. So as a supervisor, I have to type up a bunch of performance evaluations, and it just so happened to fall this time of year. So I'm sitting in my office looking out my window at this gorgeous <laughs> weather going, man, I spent the last three months in my car dealing with nasty weather. I would love to be out enjoying this weather right now, but I'm sitting in my office staring out the window going, man, it looks really nice out there. <laughs> love to feel that sun on my face as opposed to just looking at it, oh, right? Oh, man, it, yeah. It's so nice. We took the dogs for a walk yesterday, though. It was wonderful to be outside, and it is it is welcoming to have a little bit of warmer weather for sure. And it is going to get a little mucky. Um, we'll talk about that in the second half because, you know, I, I am just a, I'm a little worried. You uh, and me both. You buddy. know, and the weather has forced the road to close so many times this winter season. I'm certainly not complaining about the closures but the weather that causes it, because those closures save lives. And uh, there are many folks who become stuck at home, unable to get to work. And uh, it can be said, you know, this is just part of living in Wyoming, Mm -hmm. part of living in the area. Mm -hmm. But uh, we did touch on something that can help locals who work in an essential role and absolutely need to get to work. Uh, I think it was even the last time you were here, we talked about this a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. So yeah, so there's a program. I spent this last closure that we had between Sheridan and Buffalo. Um, I felt like I was a salesman on the side of the road a bunch (laughs) because the closure that we had between Sheridan and Buffalo was a rolling closure. So it wasn't because of weather between Sheridan and Buffalo. It was because of weather between Buffalo and Casper that we had to have I-25 closed. Well, Buffalo's not that big of a town, not that big of a community. We ran into the issue that we couldn't fit traffic in Buffalo anymore. Buffalo was packed full. And so we have to then decide what do we do with Buffalo? Do we just continue to let traffic pile up in Buffalo when there's nowhere for them to park? And so what we do is a rolling closure. They do this on I-80 all the time. Um, so I contacted our wide guys, said, hey, we, we got to shut down Sheridan because I don't have anywhere to put people in Buffalo anymore. Buffalo is packed full. They're, every parking lot has got 10 to 15 semis in it if they can squeeze them. Yeah. So they shut it down in Sheridan. Well, then I have a bunch of people ca- calling me or pulling up to the gate. Hey, I got to go to work in Buffalo. Hey, how, how do I get to work in Sheridan when it's when you could go Buffalo to Sheridan? That wasn't the issue. It was Sheridan to Buffalo. And well, I work there. I've got a ranch down there that I have to go check on some animals. I have to. There is a way to do that, and there's a process that you can that you can get to where you need to go. Um, there's a program called YTAP. W T A P. If you go to wildroad.info, that will give you a link to a little. The bottom of that page, there's a little black box that gives you access to this travel authorization program. You go to that. You click on that box. You register. And then what will happen is there's a code. When we enact YTAB, when we say that travel authorization is in effect, then what that does is those people that are signed up for it on those sections of roadway, they'll get an email with a code on it. Um, And uh, like this last one that we had was Shark 54. So you come up to the gate. You're like, hey, I got travel authorization. I need to get to Buffalo to go to work. 
the Code Shark 54. Perfect. Have a good day. Be safe. It's almost and we'll like let those, you down. those old speakeasies. You oh, need yeah. the password to get yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shark 54. Exactly, yeah. right? So, I mean, that's, that's really what it's for. Um, is to allow people that opportunity because we don't want more traffic building up in Buffalo, but we understand that people got to get to work. There's there's reasons that they need to go there. They're not trying to get to Casper and just Buffalo and me telling me that this is what they have going on. And so this is that's the process. That's the the easiest way for you to get to where you need to go is by using that travel authorization program. If there's no trooper at the gate and you've got that code, you've got that authorization, you can go around the gate. Understand you might get pulled over. Um, and if you get stopped, it's just one of those. They walk up and they're like, hey, you happen to know you're driving on closed road? Yeah, I've got the travel authorization stuff. Here's my code. Okay, cool. Have a safe day. Or it might be one of those things. Hey, I understand that we had it going on. We had an incident, though, that just happened. So we're going to need you to still stay put. So you may run into one of those two different scenarios. So not every time that we enact that authorization program is it going to be a blanket, yes, you can go. There may be other situations, things that do come up that we may say, hey, look, we we had this in for a little bit. We didn't get it shut down by the time you got your email, but we can't let you buy right now. Like that rollover bit. that you guys yeah, had exactly. to deal with. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So there are certain situations that it may be enacted, but we may have to cancel it real quick because of a, a traffic incident that happened. And, you know, when it comes to those rolling closures, I woke up that morning uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, during the winter, the first thing me and my wife do, roll over, mm-hmm. open the phones, look at the road. Are we open? Are we closed? If mm-hmm. we're closed, uh, all right, now it's time to try and, and get figured out what we got to do. Um, I was already setting up. I mean, my guests were ready to do another oh, call-in sure. show, you know. And and Tommy had sp- spoke with uh, Trevor, and it was Trevor who said, "No, it's open. You you can totally make it." Mm-hmm. And so last minute, you know, jumped in the shower, got cleaned up, and hauled over here. And sure enough, I mean, it was it was fine. Yeah, it, yep. was, it was okay making it over here. And so when I got in, Trevor's the one who kind of gave me the explanation as to this is why. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was closed, and and it makes total sense, because Buffalo is a, a smaller town. You fill up those hotel rooms, you got yep. nowhere else to put people. Yep, you know, and there's really not a large parking area where we could just start stacking trucks. There's there's really nothing over there that I can think of where we could do that. Correct. We had we had some trucks that were diving into the old truck stop on the bypass. And uh, some of them, like that hadn't been plowed, nobody, because it's abandoned, it's an old abandoned truck stop. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were some trucks that got buried stuck in there, and I felt pretty bad for those guys. Oh, I'm like, no. they're just trying to find a place to park, yeah. not realizing that, man, we've had drifts and snow and snow and snow and snow, and they pull in there and you just see their truck is just sunk down in that snow, and you're like, oh, <sighs> well, hopefully they can get some help to get out of that, because that's going to be a booger. But in those situations... We do have this YTAB, and uh, is this this sounds like it's pretty fairly easy to operate. I mean, yeah, it not does, difficult at all. Okay. Uh, no. Nope. You know, because sometimes you'll come across one of those apps that's just way too much to deal with. So the easier this is, uh, the better. Make sure you jump on there, uh, folks. Yoroad.info, correct? Yes, all right. correct. Uh, and we'll get that up online for you. And, it, you know... Yes, uh, everything's kind of calming down now, but it's probably a good idea to get on there, get registered. Yeah. You know, because this is going to happen again. Oh, yeah, it will. And I, 
I know we're going to talk about this here in a little bit with snowmelt. Who knows what's going to happen with some of these stretches of roads where we're going to have detours and stuff possibly. We don't know. I mean, right, we're we're preparing for the fact that it could come. Um, but, but yeah, we don't know, and, and there may be some of those issues too where we're allowing just local traffic on some roads to get home but not through traffic for others, and we'll see. Well, you know, it's the, the old adage, uh, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yep. Uh, it's just easy to do. Now, what would you say was your uh, winter story this year? You've got some good winter stories. This year was a rough, long winter. Uh, a lot of road closures had to happen, uh, mainly because of uh, visibility. Uh, and, yeah. you know, for those who commute... You know this all too well, uh, but I've even been out there with my wife in a situation or two where you just go snow blind and and you're starting to look for reflectors to make sure you're still on the dang road. Oh, yeah. So, man, I have a few. Um, I can go all the way back to November. Um, I got hit on the side of the road back in November. I didn't Um, know. I was sitting. We had a van. It was a bunch of musicians, actually, out of Colorado. They just got done playing a gig up in Colorado, or up in Montana. They were headed back to Denver, and they slid off the road. I'm parked behind them in the median, helping them get unstuck and get out. And uh, they were they were some motivated dudes. They unloaded their entire little U-Haul, drug it by hand, the five dudes up onto the road, <laughs> put chains on their van. Like they were like, we're not gonna get a tow truck. They were they were motivated guys. So I was <laughs> like, well, not gonna lose all the they profit were from not, the gig. Exactly. So. <laughs> They were they were some motivated guys, really really nice guys. Um, music that I don't listen to, but that's okay. They were I can't understand a single word they were saying. I watched a little video of theirs. I'm like, you're talented guys. I man, not not really my genre of music, but get her done, boys. And but really good guys. I'm sitting back there, kind of helping them, um, just warning traffic, what's going on. There was even another trooper behind me, a uh, young kid was coming down the road, really, really slick stretch of road. He lost it, slid right in the back of my car and uh. um, slammed in the back of my car. So that was back in November. Um, we had another storm in January where one of my troops got stuck twice, um, once in the middle of the road and once just drove off the road because he couldn't see. So twice in one day he called me and was actually like, he said, if I get stuck a third time, I'm going home. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> doing this anymore. I am calling it a day. There's there's none of this three times and yeah, right? Third time's the charm. No. He's like, I'm going home. Three strikes and you're out. Yeah. Um, you'll find somebody else to work today. So he got a little wore out from that. Just you couldn't see anything. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we had we had that happen. Um I had one of my guys in a Tahoe breaking a trail for me to get between Sheridan and Buffalo. Wow. Um we were just checking on doing a last pass through. He's breaking a trail in front of me, and in his Tahoe gets buried in a snowdrift. We ended up breaking a toe strap trying to get him unstuck in the middle of the road. Oh, wow, um, a Tahoe. So a Tahoe, a four-wheel drive Tahoe got buried stuck in that snowdrift. So we had we had some good pictures of tuck, of stuck patrol cars throughout the winter. So it's not, just, it's not just the motoring public. We definitely dealt with that this year, too, a bunch. Um, guys just getting buried. And it's always fun, so there's always a game that we like to play because it is important that we stay mobile, right? Right. It is important for us to do that. So you never wanted to be you never want to be that guy that gets stuck ever. Because if somebody can get to you, there it's a guarantee that there's going to be pictures taken. Yeah. And those pictures will show up throughout <laughs> the year of you trying to dig yourself out or you standing there waiting for a tow truck, that kind of thing. So you never want to be that guy that gets stuck. 
And there's a few of those pictures from this year for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So it's just been a rough dang year. A lot of snow. Been. It uh, has been. You know, even just speaking with uh, the city here, they have moved three times the amount of snow this year that they move on an average year. Wow. Which is incredible. You that know? is. And, and I've seen stacks, uh, you know, you got to put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these uh, areas, you know, if, if you started stacking near a fence, dang. Because I've seen some fences, there, they're going to need some work this spring. Oh, yeah. Because that snow just piled up and fence couldn't even bear the weight anymore so it's been a rough year all right we're gonna have more with lieutenant eric jorgensen of the wyoming highway patrol stay with us this is public pulse on 930 k 103.9 fm shared First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan College Foundation is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Part-time employment at 1250 to 1350 an hour? How about prorated benefits that include annual sick leave, paid holidays, and participation in the Wyoming Retirement System? The Sheridan County Fulmer Public Library is currently looking for people to fill multiple library assistant positions in their information services and circulation departments offering 20 to 24 hours per week, depending on the position. For more information and to apply, go to SheridanYOLibrary.org. Due to crazy weather, Midas has extended the tire sale until April 15th. Buy three Cooper or hand-cooked tires and get one free. That's right, one free now through April 15th. Plus, you'll get up to $100 mail-in rebate from the manufacturer. Midas also has big savings on brakes, shocks, fluid flush, and more. Check out the Midas ad at the Country Bounty for details. Don't forget to roll into Midas by the 15th to get your free tire. Midas Tire and Auto, East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. At Sheridan Memorial Hospital, our volunteers are part of our culture, our patient experience, our family. Their friendly greetings and genuine smiles, kind hearts and overwhelming support to all those they encounter are what complete the heart of our organization. Each of our volunteers are so unique, yet bonded by their kindness and generosity to serve. During National Volunteer Month, we would like to acknowledge and thank all of our volunteers for their dedication to providing excellent patient-centered care to our community. Sheridan Memorial Hospital, medical excellence right here at home. When you talk to your pets, this is what they hear. And your dog replies, Hey, Mr. Whiskers, I think he's saying we're getting new dog and cat food from Northwest Naturals. Raw diets for dogs and cats sold locally only at the Health Nut. He says Northwest Naturals has cat treats, too. Which means you guys stay here. I'm going to the Health Nut in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall right now. This is Floyd Whiting, and I wanted to welcome you to Jackalope's Explore, the new video podcast from Sheridan Media. This is unlike any other podcast. We do a deep dive into the jackalope hole on a myriad of topics. UFOs? Yep. Bigfoot? Oh yeah. Local, national, and global politics? You betcha. Social media and conspiracies? Yeah. 
Join the Jack Pank Weekly at SheridanMedia.com, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. With me this morning is Wyoming Highway Patrol Lieutenant Eric Jorgensen. The spring is a welcome sight. We've been talking about it in the first half. The heat of the sun is something that I will admit I have missed this year. But I will say I'm hoping it doesn't get too warm too fast. Uh, we are. We were doing some spring cleaning at the house the other day. I uh, did some carpet shampooing in the mm-hmm. back office. My wife and I happened to come across an old set of orders. Oh man! Right, and so I was like, "Oh, which one are these?" You know. So yeah. I pulled it out, started looking down. Operation Sandbag. Nice. This is one of the flood details that we were activated for. I think I, I've done flood details all over the state. I've lived all over the state. Uh, and you've lived in a couple different places as well. Oh, you've yeah. kind of seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Saratoga area usually mm-hmm. floods. Uh, I went to Star Valley one year, which really okay. surprised me. Yeah. Uh, they had us up there for, I think, it was two weeks. Okay. Riverton area. Yep. Sheridan. Yeah. Almost uh, almost every year, someone's got either a little flood or, or, or something a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. So this year, what are your concerns as, as kind of the District 4 lieutenant? Are there areas of, you know, some of our, our highways and freeways that we're worried about? So um, 331 is always one that I keep an eye on, Big Goose Road. That's always a local route that I keep an eye on. Um, that, that floods every year, um, and it gets out into mostly it stays out into the flats and into the plains. Um, and will creep up on the road. We had, I believe it's a couple years ago, we had it to where it was touching the bridge um, about milepost four. And uh, we didn't have near the snow that year that we do this year. And so I'm, what what really worries me right now is the rain. So with the amount, the amount of snow that we have, when you add rain to that snow, it, it increases that that melt and that runoff just right now. And that's what really has me concerned is if we start to get a bunch of rain with all of this snow that we have on the ground, that's going to melt snow quick. Yeah. And that's going to cause a lot of that, a lot of that runoff. But yeah, no, I have my, my sister lives down in little bitty bags, Wyoming. They flood all the time down there. They're I think almost that. every year. Yep. So they're always filling sandbags down there. Um, her in-laws own a little hotel right on the river. And I don't know how many times they've sandbagged that hotel trying to keep water out of that hotel down there so i know that they're concerned down there for sure with this here locally um the other area that i think about is actually in montana but it affects a lot of travel here so right around crow um on i-90 we've had that flood before too and that same year that we had it touching the bridge out on um big goose we had the interstate i-90 was actually closed because they had two two and a half feet of water going over top of i-90 and so that's another area that I'm like, man, we're going we're gonna to deal with that again this year. I really have a feeling that we're going to have water over I-90 in Montana again that's going to affect how people route. And what that does for us is that ends up putting a lot of truck traffic on the mountain passes because they'll get to Sheridan, they'll come across I-90, they'll get up to Sheridan or Buffalo, know that they can't continue north on 90 because of what's at Crow, so they'll go over the mountain passes to then head up to I-90 through Laurel 
And that increased truck traffic on the mountain, when you have people that haven't driven a semi on those kind of grades, it makes me nervous. So yeah, so that's that's an area for sure that, that I'm thinking about. And US-14 in Dayton and Ranchester is another stretch of road that I think about a lot too. Um, our, our bridges are pretty good, but it will get close. Um, I have no doubt. So it'll be really interesting. We're watching a lot we're really kind of just keeping an eye on a lot so far. Snowmelt is down. We're not really seeing a ton of snowmelt right now. So we're not seeing a lot of rise in water, but there's definitely a lot of people that are paying very, very close attention to it. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yep. And uh, LT, I've only got a couple of minutes left, but I do want to announce to folks, uh, Sheridan County has both sandbags and sand at uh, the following location, Sheridan County Fairgrounds, West side near the fence line, City of Sheridan Service Center. They are open 7 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. Friday. Fire Hall uh, at Story. Mm -hmm. Fire Hall at Bighorn. Mm -hmm. Sheridan County Shop south of the Girls' School. Ranchester Town Hall. Dayton Town Shop. So those are some locations people should probably be heading over to. Fill in some sandbags. Maybe fill two or three extra while you're there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Throw a couple extra out for for the next group that's coming in because yeah. they might need them for sure. We've got two troopers right now that their homes where they where they live are areas that we're like, man, we're we're gonna be working on them. So, um, two troops that we're paying attention to their houses right now too, and we might be sending a few guys out there to go fill some sandbags just to help keep their houses, oh, absolutely. houses got, cleared up. So. Help the brothers, right? That's right. I mean, that's right. <laughs> make sure make sure you got a good sump pump. Make sure it's running like crazy. I've got a neighbor that has a sump pump. We went when we took the dogs for a walk yesterday, they were you could see water spewing out of their pipes. So it's it's already starting. And make sure that you've got that prep done, folks. As we said before, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. LT, I want to thank you for coming in this morning. It's always, always a pleasure, sir. Uh, you and your team, stay safe out there. Will do, man. You too. All right. Coming up after the break, we're going to speak with Sean Higgins, an interview that I had. You don't want to miss this. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Share it in. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, the Sheridan College Foundation is receiving these funds for random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. Find Atlas Chiropractic at their new location, 41 East Burkett. They're still offering the same great service to all new and existing patients. If you have aches and pains or debilitating back or shoulder conditions, call Dr. Colin Hardy, 672-6000. He can alleviate your pain, reduce your physical stress, and boost and maintain your immune system function. With each adjustment, your central nervous system is supported and strengthened. Call Dr. Hardy, 672-6000. Schedule your appointment with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic, now at 41 East Burkett. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. 
Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. Hi, this is Jill Bates with The Best Team. Looking for a new home? This new build by Sunrise Homes Construction is a must-see. This four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath with over 900 square feet, three-car garage in Cloud Peak Subdivision by Highland Park School could be your next home. Call today and Colton Logan or I will be glad to give you a private tour. The address is easy. 2345. Yep, that's it. I said 2345 Pheasant Draw Road. Call 675-BEST or go online at bestwy.net for all your real estate needs. Make it a great day. Proudly brokered by eXp. Face it, you don't want to do your own plumbing and heating work or repair. You need a professional, and that is exactly what you will get if you work with RAP Plumbing and Heating. Being fully licensed, bonded, and insured, you can rest assured that they will take care of your repairs and maintenance in the very best way possible. Call RAP Plumbing and Heating at 429-1196 and rest easy knowing it'll be done right. This is Dan Rapp with RAP Plumbing and Heating. And as we like to say, if you find a leak, let me take a peek. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I recently had the pleasure to sit down and speak with Sean Higgins, the mind behind the Veterans Village and the Storyhouse Development. An ambitious plan, but one that is well worth it. Here now is my interview with Sean Higgins. First off, uh, the basic question, what is Storyhouse? Yeah, so Storyhouse Village is a multi-generational, mixed-use, planned unit community, which is seeking to cultivate imagination, inspire health, and stretch the ideas of reciprocity and equality in all human acts. Um, It's a 240-acre planned unit development, which really seeks to weave Sheridan's legacy with Sheridan's future. Now, when we talk about this story house, uh, you and I were having a word before we sat down here. How is this linked to Veterans Village? Yeah, that's a great question. So Veteran Village really started out as the heartbeat of this project. Um, we were looking at a piece of land for about 16 months up on the north end of town. It was 35 acres, had a lot of complications, and we were about 39 steps through a 42-step process to acquire some land from the U.S. Forest Service. That got stalled due to COVID and a lot of other barriers of entry. And so Storyhouse got born as a for-profit big brother to Veteran Village. So Veteran Village is still sited out at our site, um, or slated out at our site. It's about 14 acres of land that's seeking to put up 50 uh, small, tiny homes for homeless veterans and veterans in need. And we're looking to set those rental prices at $771 per month. And that really is the HUD-VASH limit for rentals. So hopefully we can provide some housing for our veterans who are living week to week in hotels and motels. Um, We know that we've got about 250 veterans living in our region week to week in hotels and motels. And living with a uh, bed and a hot plate really isn't acceptable. Right. We can do so much better as a society. And my father, um, part of the reasons why we founded Veteran Village as a nonprofit, my father was a Green Beret veteran in Vietnam, spent the last 15 years of his life living out of his station wagon and week to week hotels and motels. And um, that is something that he did to give us the illusion of wealth. And we have way too many of those stories here in our Wyoming. Um, 
I went to University of Wyoming. My siblings went to University of Wyoming. And I think we have a real opportunity to do something for our community, by our community, to build a pathway towards independence for those men and women. Sean, uh, I can I can hear that that's uh, something you're very passionate about. I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. When was the moment that you decided I'm doing something about homeless veterans? What what was the catalyst? Yeah. Well, that also goes back to my father's story. Um, so six years ago, I was living in New York City, and my father had had a stroke. And I was on the phone with him for about seven hours as we were trying to locate him. And um, well, that's something I don't talk a whole lot about Floyd, but it's, yeah, it's a pretty meaningful part of it. And uh, that time frame, you know, where we were looking to locate him and my best friend's mom was first to the scene, pulled, her, pulled him out of his uh, station wagon. And, you know, we just have too many of these stories like I keep talking about. I think Carla Creighton talked on the city council floor a couple weeks ago about 12 families in our community living week to week in hotels and motels. And we have the wealth here in Sheridan. Um, we have a not in my backyard mentality, which I think we have to break. And I'm excited about Storyhouse's ability to sort of take a first step in that direction. We can use um, private equity dollars and really figure out a double or triple bottom line impact where it's not just about the profit. You can really look at people, planet, profit, and you can look at what you're doing for the community by the community. And that's what Storyhouse is. And so as we come into our, um, <clears throat> sorry, as we come into our profits and as we are successful, which we will be, we have a housing inventory crisis here in Sheridan. Um, doesn't just touch our veterans. It touches a whole lot of working class families, uh, good salt of the earth people. And so when we're able to double down on that and plow as many of those dollars as possible back into our community by way of uh, philanthropy, that $20 word, then we're really able to um, continue to build a sustainable path forward, healthy growth that really honors our community honors that code of the West. And that's what we're all about. Sean, when, when did the idea for story house come into play? Uh, because you're correct in the assessment. I, I feel as well, the, the not in my backyard mentality, mm. but we've got to get something done. We've got to go forward. We've got to solve these issues. So story house became a development to kind of step in and, and, become somewhat of like an umbrella over the top of Veterans Village, correct? It's, uh, correct, how, yeah. How did this develop into what it is right now? Yeah, well, it's interesting, you know, not a whole lot of folks are, um, we're not needing another nonprofit per se in Sheridan. We have a very um, healthy relationship with foundations and nonprofits that are already existing. And so as Veteran Village sort of, uh, struck out and, and took its strides forward. Um, we looked at where that gap in services were for veterans and that path towards independence. And that's where Storyhouse sort of came along um, as that umbrella or alongside. 
it's providing a way for folks who are interested in making an impact with their investment dollars and sort of guiding that narrative so that folks who, you know, they want to give, they want to give back, but they also have their own needs, their own families, their own uh, hurdles that they have to face every day. So if we could figure out a way to hit that double bottom line impact, so to speak, and create an investment that returns their investment, right? Real estate is a hard asset class. It's uh, you know pretty tried and true, especially in today's market and economy when everything's falling out of the bottom of tech stocks and other things. And so as folks are looking to diversify those portfolios, having something that is meaningful, uh, it's not just you know, dinner table chat where people get to say, oh, look at what our dollars are doing, you know, for veterans. It's it's really being able to walk that ground and see the impact. And so we have great veteran services here for crisis and um, detox services. You know, the Volunteers of America provide an amazing transitional housing situation. Um, the VA provides really uh, stalwart and and we have some great folks who have come out of that VA program and have real success stories to share. Some of them sit on our board now. And so looking how to build that next step towards the pathway of home home ownership and independence and long-term rentals uh, that are hopefully at an affordable price. And so that's what we're looking at. Um, Storyhouse is that umbrella creates that for-profit engine behind a good cause so that the nonprofit can still exist fully as a nonprofit veteran villages dollars should. And when we come into any sort of, um, uh, you know, a break even point at year 17 or 18, as is currently modeled, hopefully all of those dollars then by board decision, go back towards an endowment, go back towards creating opportunities and programs for those veterans. Um, look to work forward in, uh, creating GI uh, bill education, vocational training services with existing folks that already provide that, like the VOA, um, and back to Sheridan College to get those folks retooled so that they can get back out into the uh, you know the industry and really choose a path of their desire. This is an ambitious plan, my friend. It is. And, and I've seen some, uh, some initial layouts, some initial plans mm-hmm. for Storyhouse. This seems more as if you're, you're building an, a community in and of itself. Yeah, it's a bit of a community inside of a community, really. I mean, we're looking at uh, 240 total acres, uh, 220 usable acres. In that, we have about 45 acres of green space planned for a uh, recreational park and community. Um, we have a, a phased approach, right? You can't eat an elephant all at once. You gotta take it down one bite at a time. And so we're really looking at a four-step phased approach. Inside of those phases, there are sub-steps as well. So our phase one is 30 acres that really seeks to target a mixed income neighborhood. Um, that wants to have a ratio of attainable affordable housing throughout that front 30 acres that sits just off of Wyarno out on the east side of town. And that's something that we already have a lot of interest in. Uh, we have a hundred unit multifamily planned for that, for rental. Uh, we're also talking with local developers and uh, builders to see if there's any sort of bits of that elephant they want to take down for that phase one, which is very exciting. 
Um, some of those conversations are a little too embryonic to share today, but I hope to be back and share some updates when we have them. I think that'd be fantastic. If, yeah. uh, as, as we take these steps along this very long path, Yes. Uh, if you could come back and speak with me about these steps, that'd be fantastic because people are going to see this work being done. Right. People are going to be curious about what's going on out there. Um, now, what is the entire timeline of this project? What are you estimating at this point? Sure. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different drivers that could um, truncate this timeline, but really we're looking at, you know, eight to 10 years out there. Uh, it's 240 acres. It's a significant uh, bit of time and, and we want to grow responsibly and sustainably. We're not the only project going on in town. Um, there's plenty of need for everyone, especially as Sheridan has its own sort of growth plan that it's laid out uh, for the Seed of Business Park 2.0, High Tech Park, for some of these other um, uh, economic development initiatives that Sheridan's really created a, uh, a pathway for the rest of Wyoming to lead by example for. So we're looking at Sheridan and that overall sustained investment over a period of time. And then we also want to continue on. So it's not just eight to 10 years. We want to continue out there. And while that, you know, might not be, you know, we might hit an end point on this particular piece of ground and project. We want to continue to operate it, continue to create um, veteran job opportunities throughout, whether it's through landscaping or other targeted businesses that we look to attract. And those are all very meaningful things to myself and my family. We have a pretty large Wyoming footprint. And so we're interested in maintaining that and having our little slice of heaven. Sean, what did you do before you did this? <laughs> well, I'm still an actor, writer, filmmaker and producer. So I went to University of Wyoming, uh, got my BFA in 2013. I went out to Yale School of Drama, graduated in 2016, was in New York and L.A. for about six years, made that film with Chaps, uh, Early Light, which is about veterans and equine therapy. And that's when I came back to Sheridan, fell back in love with the mountains, um, and that was what set us on this path. So that was 2019. And here we are three or four years later and you blink and time flies. And um, so I'm juggling this. We have a pretty uh, unique, diverse team that we've built out for Storyhouse. And so I'm very lucky that I get to have one foot in the uh, production and creative end still, while I also help our project manager who's working on Storyhouse Village and sort of get to wear a lot of hats. Who is involved? in in this entire game yeah it's great um, my uh, producing partner of six years james brown the third and his father james brown jr not related to the godfather of soul i was gonna say yeah. i had my fingers <laughs> no uh, they always share that sort of uh, denunciation as well but uh, roger godette who was formerly the director of ford land he's a fantastic gentleman who had the largest green roof in the world for a while um, really struck by the veteran story and by what we're doing out here. And so we've attracted him. Um, Jeff Barron uh, through WWC Engineering is our local civil engineer. Uh, we also have Nicole Botier and Mike Deary. They're helping out on the financial end of things, you know, CFO and business operations. And um, that's the core team. And then we have ERA, you know, Alicia Carroll, uh, Tom Bellis, Jane Clark, Janelle Cravello. Uh, David Cook, Kim Hall, lots of great people who have really gotten into the weeds on this project and put about two, three years of time into it at this uh, point in the age where, you know, I constantly get reminded by Lisa how long it's been. <laughs> um, 
So I, I think we've got a really great um, local presence as well. And then there's a lot of other folks sort of uh, involved behind the curtains on different levels, especially with Veteran Village and that nonprofit engine. Um, we have a big thank you to give to uh, Don Roberts and the Roberts Family Foundation, as well as um, Jenny Craft and the Homer and Mildred Scott Foundation. And that's really, I have to separate, you know, church and state here. That's the nonprofit veteran village side of this. And that is uh, as we walk together down the path. But for Storyhouse, we have a really, really creative team. You know, We've we've talked about uh, the Veterans Village side of it. Um, how is this going to help with affordable, attainable housing within the community itself? Uh, yes, it is eight to ten out. But, uh, you know, I was attending um, uh, a committee discussion and I heard somebody say that this is something that Sheridan is notorious uh, for suffering from. Affordable, attainable housing. People said that they remember having this conversation 20 years ago. So right. believe it or not, eight to 10 out isn't really that much. How is this going to help that? And, right. and once we have that, how's it going to be controlled? Well, and I should specify that the eight to 10 out is not the total timeline for the project. Our phase one um, is really, we're going to break ground this summer and early fall. Our phase one will start coming out of the ground next spring. I anticipate within two years uh, from today, we'll have some occupancy in phase one. And that's really what we're targeting. So the full phased approach of the four phases is looking at that eight to 10 years of a build out period. And, you know, things always change. Timelines can, as I said before they can truncate or they can stretch um, so that phase one but really the whole of story house wants to have that mixed income neighborhood um, you know I grew up with a pretty complex socioeconomic background and I I'd like to see folks from different walks of life really integrated um, so that you don't have a neighborhood that is feeling like oh well here's the HUD housing and these went up quick and um, you know, we, we want dignified quality builds out there. And that's what we've been talking to um, with all the builders about. I've sat in a lot of the housing land trust meetings as well. And we're trying to keep an ear to, you know, what the community is asking for. We have about 18 letters of support from different community members. Some of them run the FedEx route here in town. Others are teachers up at the high school who are looking to recruit other peers to come and teach. And we're seeing a huge need for teachers, first responders, and those veteran housing options and seniors as well. Thanks, Lisa. Um, <laughs> seniors as well and accessible housing. And so, um, those are all things that we can't wait any longer for in Sheridan. Uh, we can look at the recipe for the Mountain West equation, which we are walking down currently, and we can look at Aspen, Telluride, Jackson, you know, all these things that we report we don't want to become. Um, but yet we're relying on profit incentive development to drive infrastructure, which is something that we've got to figure out at a city level. Uh, it's got to come from the city council at some point, and we're having lots of great conversations with those folks, and I hope to continue to galvanize some support with local developers as well. But if we rely on profit incentive development, we will become Jackson. We won't be uh, the light industry, blue collar, rodeo, ranching community that we are. Uh, and that writing is on the wall. You know, we've got a lot of Airbnb uh, 
lock to lock and leave housing that's popping up right now out of the ground and we can just look at those rental prices for the airbnbs on main street and we have to get ahead of this because otherwise that boulder's coming who's going to be the one to decide uh when it comes to how much you make uh you know what's your revenue maybe you could live here maybe you couldn't who gets that last word well, right now we can look at the numbers being studied and we're looking at 150 to 250% of AMI, which is average median income. That's what's being studied by the Housing Land Trust right now, at least in the meetings that I've been listening in on. And that's the target need. But in that, that's not really attainable affordable housing. We're leaving out the folks that are making 60 to 80% of AMI. And the really fascinating um, number that I came across in all this in a, a study for the unmet housing needs of the state of Wyoming that was uh, produced originally in 2018, reproduced here in 2022, 55% of our population is working poor. 55% of our two earner income uh, households make less than 71,000 per year. Those are staggering numbers. That means that we as a state are living in poverty more than the majority of our uh, our citizens and we just have to wake up to that and we have to be in conversation it has to come for sheridan by sheridan in conversation with the community and the citizens that we have what hurdles have you faced so far gosh that is a uh, that's the five dollar question um you know ultimately i think it just takes time and though we've faced some hurdles, I think we've been good at following up in conversations and having the one-to-one meetings that we need to have to really sort of build out the understanding of where people are on this. So I think at first blush, you know, oh, it's a huge project with a huge vision. This kid's never going to get it done. He's an actor writer. What's he doing? You know, imagining why real estate. Yeah, why real estate? I mean, truly, um, I get to be creative in this. My business partners get to be creative in this and acting and writing and storytelling and uh, setting a vision is not so very different from what we're doing here. We're listening to people. We're taking in those stories and we're building a path forward, hopefully addressing some of those concerns that have been reflected back to us. So, you know, if we were going to go to Hamlet and hold the mirror up to uh, reality, or if we we're going to talk about stories as this sort of guiding light and principle for what we're after and what I'm after, um, stories to me are the foundational currency of humankind. Uh, if steel is the framework of cities and bridges, then stories are the framework of the mind and consequently a far greater value. We have to learn what stories we're telling our next generations and how we are creating you know, opportunities for our children to even live in Sheridan. I've heard so much from folks who have kids or grandkids who cannot get back into town because it's cost prohibitive. And um, you know, we wanna give the gift of raising our families here. It's a beautiful place to live. There's great education, there's great healthcare. It's a wonderful recreational life, 15 minutes out of town. And I think we really need to figure out what stories we're telling ourselves and what stories we're sharing and leaving behind for our next generation. So stories that, you know, inhabit moral integrity, moral knowledge. Um, some of those things have been commercialized and we really need to get back to a, a footprint or a root that runs deeper than just that surface topsoil. 
Sean, you use them well, but you are more than words, my friend. <laughs> and uh, it, it's great to actually see that. Um, if there was one more thing you wanted the public to know about Storyhouse, about Veterans Village, about any of this, what would that be? Um, we're here to listen. So I'm pretty easily uh, found in one way or another. I can share my contact information either through you, Floyd, or through others. And if there's uh, questions or concerns, we want to sit down. We want to have a conversation. Um, if there's ideas of what we might look to build out there and how other folks want to get involved in this community development, then we also want to listen to that too. I'm not coming in here thinking I have all the best ideas and that, you know, it's going to be my way or the highway. No way. I, I mean, you got to really integrate that. And so I think that's the, the message I would leave folks with is we're here to listen and we're here to do this together. Sean, I want to thank you so much for coming in and having a conversation with me about this. Thanks, Floyd. You filled in a lot of gaps for me, my friend, and uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to say this. I can't speak for the general public, but I can speak for myself. I'm sold. <laughs> Thanks. Well, you've got my it. support. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the time and um, looking forward to next conversations. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Join Volunteers of America Thursday, April 13th at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds for their Empty Bowl fundraiser. This family-friendly event features gourmet soups donated and served by local restaurants, churches, and organizations. There will be music, children's games, and prizes. Tickets may be purchased in advance or at the door. Adults are $15. Volunteers are part of our culture, our patient experience, our family. Their friendly greetings and genuine smiles, kind hearts and overwhelming support to all those they encounter are what complete the heart of our organization. Each of our volunteers are so unique, yet bonded by their kindness and generosity to serve. During National Volunteer Month, we would like to acknowledge and thank all of our volunteers for their dedication to providing excellent patient-centered care to our community. Sheridan Memorial Hospital, medical excellence right here at home. 103.9 FM and News Talk 930.